Welcome. This is Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel, Divine, Texas. We want to thank you for taking time to listen to our Sun, Salt, and Light broadcast. We want you to know and grow in the Son, S-O-N, Jesus Christ, and be the salt and the light. We'd like to thank you so much for taking time to listen to this broadcast. We simply teach the Bible verse by verse and chapter by chapter, and we believe that God changes a life one verse at a time. I'd like to personally invite you out to come and see the church. Uh, it is a very casual atmosphere, and uh, but we do take the Word of God very seriously. We meet in a non-traditional church building. We actually meet at the BFW 3966 in Divine, Texas. It's located at 211 West College Avenue, big white building right next to the post office. Our service times are on Sunday when we go through the New Testament uh, at 10 a.m. and then on Wednesday nights at 6.30 p.m. we go through the Old Testament. Uh, we have children's ministry available for both services and if you need to get more information on the church you can go to calvarydivine.org. So today we're in Genesis. I'm going to go ahead and just read uh, kind of where we left off. Uh, so we'll pick it up in Genesis chapter 1 and then I'll, I'll stop when we get to the verse that we're going to uh, the verses we'll be in tonight. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was without form and void, and the darkness was over the face of the, depth, of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there he was, was evening, and there was morning the first day. And God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters and let, let it separate, uh, separate the waters from the waters. And God made an expanse and separated the waters that were under the expanse and from the waters that were above the expanse, and it was so. And God called the expanse heaven, and there was evening and then there was morning the second day. And God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered uh, get, gather together in one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth and the waters that were gathered together he called seas. And God saw that it was good. And so what we see is we see on day one the formless to form, light to dark. And then we see the emptiness to fullness that happens as well as the, the, in day two where we see the, uh, the sea and the sky that, that are uh, formless to form. And then the lands and the, and the plants. And then eventually what we see is the emptiness to fullness. We see uh, on day four the lights, day five the fish and the birds, and then finally on day six the animals and man. Now last week we talked about the, the word yom. And whether it's a 24-hour period or a or a expanse of time, um, and and I want to kind of just reiterate this because it's it's very important that we get this because what we see in the context of Scripture is it tells us that it is a 24-hour period. Now there are people that will argue that it could be an expanse of time, and the reason they do that is because of evolution. They're trying to gather into evolution and make the Bible match with it. And, and that doesn't work because it doesn't fit in the context of Scripture. So the day of trouble or the day of the Lord or the day of battle, those are clear times of a period that will come. And there's no 
expanse, uh, it's more than a day, a uh, 24-hour period of a day. And so when we look at the Word of God, we have to remember that we're looking at it as the context of Scripture. We exegesis the Scripture and the Word of God, but what's happened is theologians have actually been sympathetic to evolution. And, and through that, they've, they've had a, a theistic evolutionist belief. And I'll explain what that is. So they believe it took millions of years, and that is just the way God did it, and that's wrong. Uh, it contradicts the Bible. Because if, if it's millions of years, where did death come from? I can't answer that. Now these are you know, conversations that may never come up, but you need to know this. Because there are people that have an evolution-type theory and belief, and they sit in the church. Um, we know that death came in Genesis chapter 3, verses 17 through 19. And Adam, he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree, of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all. The days of your life, thorns and thistles, it shall bring forth you. And you shall eat the plants of the field by the sweat of your face. You shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, for, uh, for you are dust, and, you shall, and dust you shall return. And so you're going to return to the ground is what he tells them. You're going to die, right? In Romans chapter 5, verse 12, it says, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, Adam, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men, because all men sinned. So death is a result of the garden of sin. Man's sin. And death that resulted from sin is the very reason why Jesus came. And so when you are believing a theistic evolution, to follow the world as either millions or billions of years, as they change that up all the time, where animals proceed by millions of years and they died because they go to the fossil record, it disproves it, right? And so the fossil record, uh, is, you know, there's death and, and death was going on before it got here. That's, that's a huge problem. And we can't support that as far as theistic uh, belief of evolution. Death is introduced by man's sin and sin brought death. And so uh, theistic evolution believe that, that belief is actually denying the Bible and the origin of death. So that's why a 24-hour period, yom, that word, that's what day means, is important for us to understand. Because if you have a belief that things happen over millions of years and they died then you're saying that what happened in the garden is not where death origin is. And that's why it's important for us to understand that. Because then why would Jesus need to come then? Because death had already been happening. And that's wrong, wrong thinking. You see, the wages of sin is death, and, and Jesus came to reverse the curse, and God speaks of death as an enemy. In 1 Corinthians 15, 26, it says the last enemy... To be destroyed is death. Death will be destroyed. So theistic evolution's belief in creation was 
part of an original creation. They can't say it was a product of sin. God didn't mention death of the animals or men until he speaks of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Because he says if you eat of it, you will what? Die. And what did they do? They ate of it. So theistic evolutionists say that the death was, has been happening all around except in the garden. That's their belief. Like all this death was happening, but it didn't happen in the garden. It's wrong. Because it actually strips the purpose of Christ's coming. So we need to be very careful with that. I just want to make sure you get that as we move forward. We're going to be talking about Yom. It is a 24-hour period, a 24-hour day. And the reason why I say this is because since the 1800s, because they're trying to match up with what Charles Darwin put out, which is wrong, is they're trying to match the Bible up with evolution, and it doesn't do that. Um, and, and we need to remember even, even Charles Darwin didn't believe in the fossil records. He thought it was wrong for them to even look at those. But what, is, what did we tell you all about, about the evolutionists? What do they do? They're just theories. They just throw things up against the wall to see what sticks. And when that doesn't work, they find another theory to do. And it's not that we're against science, because when we get to the flood, I'm going to give you plenty of science to back up a young earth. Science. You know, because for some odd reason, they think Christians are against science. And we're not. Because God created it. We have to remember that, right? In verse 11, let's go ahead and pick it up where we left off. And it says, And God said, Let the earth sprout vegetation, planting our plants yielding seed, and fruit trees bearing fruit, in which is their seed, each according to its kind. And we'll look at that a little bit further. And on earth it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, planting yielding seed according to their own kinds, and trees bearing fruit in which the, uh, there is seed, each according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Now that phrase that, that it produces like that the, the kinds or the species is the word uh, that we're very familiar with. And, as, you know, again, it's one of those things that we grew up with with the evolutionary thing where the animal the the ape turns into a man and that doesn't happen kinds don't do that species don't do that there's no proof that this hap this can happen they haven't found any proof and it's it's because god created it this specific way they don't run into each other and so again it's a theory that somebody put out there but we see the continuing growth of earth and seed. And we have two types of plants. You have the, the trees there, the plants and the trees. And it talks about the kind. And it's the, the seed, right, that, that produces the fruit. And on verse 13 it says, And then there was evening and there was morning the third day. And God said, Let there be lights in the expanse of heavens to separate the day from the night. And let, the, let them be for signs and for seasons for days and years. And let them be lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the earth. 
And yet it is so, and God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. And God sent them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth, to rule over the day and over the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening, and there was morning on the fourth day. And so what you have here is you have God filled the darkness, the void of space. You have the expanse of sun, uh, the sun, the planets, the stars. And he talks about the great light, or the greater light, the sun. And the lesser light, the moon. Here's a theory for you. Back when NASA went to, to plan or, or went to, uh, to send men to the moon, there was a whole bunch of money spent. Because they thought when the person landed on the moon, it was going to fall, they would fall 35 feet down. That it was that much dust. That was theory. And they spent millions of dollars so when the thing landed, it would be prepared to handle it. And it comes out that's only, you know, I think maybe, 30, maybe 26 or 30 inches of dust. That was it. But again, it was the theory that somebody put up. I didn't know. But the moon does provide light. Any of us who've gone night fishing, you have a full moon, it's a great time to fish. It provides plenty of light on the water, and the fish love it. You have the greater light, the sun, and the lesser light, the moon. And if you think about it, we're at the perfect distance. You're a little bit further, you freeze to death. From the sun. You're a little bit closer. You burn up. It's in the perfect spot. You know. And they, they. It's funny because they'll spend millions of dollars. Trying to find life on other planets. And this is what God created. And it's here. It's here. And they'll spend money, money, money. Trying to find some organism. And say oh there's life on the planet. When you start talking about abortion or children, babies, and oh, that's not life. <laughs> they don't. It's funny because they don't even use their own science when it doesn't benefit them. It's like if the science proves it, the science proves it. You know, it's sad. But look, they'll they'll spend millions of dollars trying to find life on other planets, and yet the moon is in its exact spot that it's supposed to be. Because if the moon uh, is is out of place it actually creates a gravitational pull which would really affect our tides it does that already but if it's moved further away or closer to again we're not going to be here it's going to affect the way that uh, the planet is and so god knows exactly where things need to go and they're perfectly placed and he says and it's good and it's good why does it work? Because he's God. He's God. It's perfectly put into place. To think that God actually named the stars. And he, he talks about the passage of time of days and years. Seasons. And we know that just, I believe it or not, is fall. Is it fall today or tomorrow? 
it's either today or tomorrow. I think we're going to be 97 degrees in this first day of fall, which, you know, that's Texas. Right? But we know that it's a change of season. You can see the, the tree, the tree uh, leaves are already starting to turn. It's happening. Life, life continues on. And, I, and I, for me, one of the things when I read this, I think that, that God knew that, that trying to, for us to process eternity in our little finite minds would have exploded our heads. And so what does he do? He gives us time, day and night. He gives us seasons. He gives us years. We need that. We need that. It's just a reminder that God thinks of everything perfectly down to the, fun, the finite details. And, and I, we need that. In verse 20 it says, And God said, Let the waters swarm in swarms of living creatures and let the birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the heavens. So God created the great sea creatures and every living creature that moves with which the waters swarm according to their kinds. And every winged bird according to its kinds. And God saw it was good. And God blessed them saying, Be fruitful and multiply. And fill the waters and the seas and let the birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning the fifth day. So now you have the creatures of the sea and the birds on day five. And there's never been a fish that turns into a bird because that's out there too. Right? But they're made in their kinds. And that's important. I, I think Court was telling me, you know, just about the, the dogs. How dogs are, you know, if you think about the breeds and the different, but they're all, what are they all, they're, what species are they? They're a dog. A cat can't turn into a dog. So, I mean, I know that sounds very simplistic, but that's what evolution is. And, and for, for people that have been on a farm and seen things birthed, you don't, you don't get to have a cow and expect a duck to, to come out. You know there's going to be a cow because God's created it by their kind. Now, you may have a, a red heifer come out, perfect, perfected for the third temple, five of them. That's coming. Yeah, and they came from Texas. And you know what's crazy? When you think about the temple as they sent those five heifers without any blemish. Because of COVID, they would have tagged the ear. And then the, the heifers would have been with blemish. Because they clipped the ears. But because of COVID, the doctor couldn't get out there. So those heifers never got. And they're perfected and they're going to... And that's coming for the, when you think about the, the temple and, and what's happening with that, that's amazing just to think that they're moving, things are moving in that direction. You know, as we look at uh, the second coming of Christ, it's exciting. It's, you know, and, and, and to think it came from Texas, praise God, right? Came from Texas, you know, that's, that's amazing. But again, it's, you know, it's the kinds and species. We need just to remember that, that God created the kinds and species. But they don't mix and all. And God said in verse 24, Let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their livestock, and creepy things and beasts of the earth according to their kinds. And it was so. God made the beast of the earth 
according to their kinds and the livestock according to their kinds and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind and God saw that it was good so you see the repetition of kinds and species and we have to remember that there is no mutation within species and that's important for us to remember why? Because God said you can only repro reproduce according to its kind. Its kind. And so when we look at these, we look at microevolution, uh, which is actually the definition of within the context of species like canine. Just think of breeding. You can have a short hair, right? If you look at genetics, you know, just I, I think of, I'm, for some odd reason, I was the only kid that came out with blonde hair and blue eyes. My other brothers look just like my dad. Dark hair, brown eyes. And they always thought, thought man, you're not, a, my, my dad would always say, you're, you, you belong to the postman or something because you don't look like any of us. But it turns out my mom, that's what she grew up and her family was blonde hair, blue eyes. And our genetics, you know, you can have a short haired or a long haired dog based upon your genetics. And if you think about it, when we get to Adam and Eve, you're talking about perfection. They weren't messed up until after the fall. Their genetics was, was perfect. Miss Elba asked the question, and I wonder if the kids can answer this. Because she probably asked you all the question already. But, you know, it, did, did Adam and Eve, or did, did Eve have a, a belly button? Look at that, man. See, she already got them. Miss Elba's teaching praise god for miss elba and miss Teresa. there you go because they were perfected and and god created them it's amazing because you realize what you just did is is that's a that's a biblical worldview and that's what you need to keep as you grow up and because people will try to pull you away and say oh no you got to look at evolution let me show you this let me show you this graph of this amphibian that goes from a fish to a snake to a bird. It doesn't work that way. The microevolution, again, is the context of the species, like a canine. And just think of the breeding. So a short-haired, long-haired. And the main thing you need to remember is you can't have a dog turn into a cat or a horse turn into a tiger. Or you, you get a rhino and an elephant, and you end up with a... It doesn't work that way. And all. We each, each multiply according to their kinds because God made it that way. Microevolution is the thought that we were just talking about. Microevolution is actually a belief that species can evolve beyond their species, monkey to man. That's false. See, Selah already knows. She's shaking her head already. That's good. Do you realize we grew up with that in our books? In our, in our books that we would receive, we were taught evolution, right? Were y'all taught evolution, Donna? Court, y'all had it in y'all's book? No? And ours, believe it or not, in the South, in Alabama, they had it in the books. I had the little monkey, and then each one in the face, and they would turn into a man, and I was like, and I never understood that. Even as a kid, I questioned that. Like, really? I came from a monkey? That don't make any sense. Right? Makes no sense. 
See, that's what that, that Darwinist thinking is. And so microevolution is the evidence of a macroevolution. However, the, because macroevolution requires new additional genetic information, no amount of rearrangement, corruption, or loss of existing genetics information will produce macroevolution. It can't happen. Our genetics won't allow it to. And so Darwinists believe that all, all life is genetically related and has a descended from a common ancestor. And, and, and so they believe, again, that a bird can turn from a mammal into a reptile. Or a reptile is believed to have involved, evolved from an amphibian to a fish. That's what Darwinists believe. And they use an acronym called FISH. <laughs> called farm. It's actually fish, amphibian, to rep, uh, reptile, to mammal. That don't make no sense either, does it? Fish, to amphibian, to reptile, to mammal. That's what a macroevolutionist believes. And again, these are just theories. But when you look at the fossil records, they don't support this. There's never been a fossil record, and then you understand this, through all of the digging, you know, you see Jurassic Park, that stuff can't happen only in a movie. I got a video we're going to show you all when we get to the flood. It's going to blow your mind. And it's, it, they, they only dug this far deep in the mud, and they had all these different bones from the flood pushed together. And it wasn't millions of years. It was soft soil. There was tissue still on the bones. That, that's not millions and millions of years. That's a young earth. Um, and, and so the fossil record doesn't support a species slowly turning into another species over time. So if anybody tells you that, just say, hey, does the fossil record support that? No, it doesn't. They've never found it. Again, what is it? It's a theory. It's just a theory. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33, it says, For God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. And in 1 Corinthians 14, 40, it says, But all things should be done decently and in order. God is a God of, of, of order and a God of, of peace. And He does things specifically. To the detail. And I love that. That's, that's one of the things that I love when, when you study the Word of God. You, especially this part of the Word of God is you see that, that God has everything just in control. Including our lives. And we get to the main part here in verse 26. It says, And then God said, Let us make man in our image. And after likeness. And after our likeness. So, let us make man in our image. I got it. Who's God talking to? Who got it? Come on. Somebody's got it. Who is? So let us make man in our image after our likeness. Who is God talking to? Is he talking to the animals? The animals are made. No, no. Was he talking to angels? Thank you. Selah. Look at y'all. To the Trinity. God the Father. God the Son. God the Spirit. If he's talking to the angels, the angels are a separate created creature. Makes no sense. Job 38 verses 4 and 7. It talks about when creation was made that the angels were worshiping and, 
rejoicing. It says, where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me. If you have an understanding who determined the measurements, surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? On what basis sunk or who laid its cornerstone? When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. The angels were worshiping creation. Singing for joy. And Job, like many of us, questioned this stuff. But he's like, where were you when I laid the foundation of earth? Where were you? I would like to thank you for taking time to listen to our broadcast. This is uh, Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel, Divine, Texas. If you're someone like me who is, uh, listens to a lot of podcasts, you can also listen to us on Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Audible, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, just type in Calvary Chapel uh, Divine and you'll, you'll be able to track us down. And lastly, I just wanted to invite you out to church. Uh, we are a casual church that meets in a non-traditional building, uh, meaning that we meet at the VFW 3966 on West College Avenue, big white building right next to the the post office. Uh, If you want to get more information about our church, if you need to ask uh, some questions or you even need prayer, just go to calvarydivine.org. And uh, we want to thank you again just for listening to this broadcast of Calvary Chapel Divine Texas, Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. God bless you. Have a good one.